0: Glad for the Lord today. So glad for His word today. Instructs us how to live, how to behave ourselves. just tell you a little bit about my week. It went pretty well. I had a foundation that it needed to be re- rearranged. It was already built. Remember that? I talked a little bit about the challenge of having to undo something because uh, it was a miscommunication. What I thought they wanted, they thought I was going to do, and it didn't happen the way they wanted it. Daryl, you understand these things. You were a builder for a long time, and Communication is everything when it comes to uh, getting what you want. Turns out I spent uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, part of Friday to undo and redo. And I kept thinking what I was, you know what, the Lord's going to hold me accountable because I said something about this. And I said, you know, I believe the Lord's going to help me, and he did, although it was not easy. You know, I'm going to be 62. That's really old to some of us. Then so you're just a kid. Yeah. God doesn't have in the Bible necessarily an age where you should retire, but he did say to the Levites, the Levites that were about age 50, that was enough. That was, maybe they retired from their responsibilities in the tabernacle, but I'm sure they had to do something after that. Funny how it came up in our um, interlude this morning, or just a visitation with time before the service, talking about retiring. And well, it's, it's, it's not always easy to retire Maybe it is, but I think it's more like rearrange your, your calendar, rearrange your life, refocus, maybe do some things you want to really do, and pri- prioritize, prioritize. You, 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 you ought to be wise enough by now that you're not going to get rich, okay? It's just not going to happen. <laughs> maybe you will, but that's not the goal, Really? have enough the rich the real riches is in here Jesus who has you and I you are rich remember the first chapter of first Peter and I you know you don't have to put this on this on the wall but I'm reviewing of it kind of bringing up the speed before we get into the third chapter he says, thanks God. In verse 3, bless the Lord, he says. Who caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. You ever painted something outside and boom? Decks are the worst. Right? You've got a deck at home, oh, they're the worst. You can stain them one year and they oh man, it's like they you need to stain it again. The sun breaks things down. Things fade under the sun. That truck that you bought so long ago that was so new and shiny, all of a sudden kind of losing its a little bit of a luster. That's because we live in a fallen world. We accept it. Because this is not our home. This is not our eternal home. This is passing through. We'll do the best we can with what he gives us. We'll try to be the stewards, the managers of what he provides for. We are in the third chapter of 1 Peter. And I'm going to call this... The practice of our faith. Some will wonder if we have faith. James said we will, we will say, uh, some people we have faith, but there's no action. So I, James said, I will show you my faith by my action. I will demonstrate to you what it is to walk in faith. Now he gets really, 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 really practical by the third chapter. And he gets down to the home. And he gets down to specifically in verse 1 to a husband and wife. And, okay, here we go. Lord, help us with these words. Help us to understand what you're saying to the church. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in the context of what we're reading, this is I told Anna what I was going to talk about and she got, "Oh boy." I said, "It's in the Bible." This is verse 1. This is really giving some encouragement to a wife who has a husband who's not there yet may not be converted yet or they may be just kind of on the back burner. They may be kind of dragging their feet. It happens. In the same way you wives be submissive to your own husbands so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word they may be one without a word by the behavior of their wives. You know, this is powerful. What he's saying to the wife, it will not do you any good to preach to your husband. What will do the best, what will do the greatest, is that you live an example. You live by an example. You live, you let, you love God, and you conduct your life in a manner that would be like Jesus. Take on his characteristics. In other words, you love in spite of maybe they're not where you want them to be. The matter of fact is, all of us have worked, we're in process. All of us are moving, hopefully, forward to the next level with God. God is so patient with you and I. I'm so glad, aren't you? He didn't give up on you. He doesn't give up on us. Well, we can't seem to get it right. No matter how hard we try. And what he's saying for the wife here is don't try to whip them in shape. You know, sometimes guys need, you know, maybe they deserve a little backhand. (laughs) You know, you kind of, but. They maybe feel good for a moment. What happens? What has to happen for this man that's being disobedient, that's living? First of all, he's disobedient to God. That's the problem. He's disobedient to God's word. The core root issue is that they're not—they're not wanting to listen to the words of God. They're not wanting to humble themselves. They're not wanting to change. But I'm here to say that a life lived before them. What the scripture is saying is, let the lady, let the wife, live and love the Lord. Let her be, and I could, if I could use this terminology, let her first be married to the Lord. Let the woman understand that she is valuable. She is married to her Lord number one. And then out of that, she begins to take on a love that goes beyond all conditions for her husband. Does that make sense? She is not capable of loving her husband as she ought to unless the Lord is filled in her heart. And I believe these verses apply also to the man. If the man had a wife who wasn't were. It was supposed to be that the husband would live in such a way, I believe we can apply it at least to that direction. Then he goes on to say this, that not your adornment be merely external, braiding the hair, wearing gold, jewelry, putting, now don't get caught up, now don't, don't go out of here saying, the preacher said you can't wear jewelry, you can't wear makeup. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say you can't do that. What it says is don't let that be your focus. Don't let that become your main thing. What it's saying is let it rather be the inner man. Let it be the hidden person of the heart, verse 4, with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit which is precious in the sight of God. How How many have read this before? There's this gentle and quiet spirit That the Lord himself sees and says, that's precious. That's something that's beautiful. That's because they have humbled themselves. They recognize that there's nothing in this life that will make them more beautiful than my presence. My joy in you. And my spirit in you. Someone that is truly beautiful is one who has the Lord shining through them you are then going to be more beautiful than you could ever be without it. No matter how much makeup. No matter how much jewelry. Now one pre- preacher said he was approached by all this stuff, you know, and he said he said some wisdom. He said some wisdom. What do you think, preacher? Is it okay to wear makeup? And he said kind of humorously, well, if the barn needs paint, paint it. You've heard this before, haven't you? Come on. You can lighten up a little bit, can't you? It's just a saying. It's not in the Bible, but it kind of stuck. You know, know, we do the best we can to make a, you know, know, it's kind of like, well, you haven't put your makeup on yet. Women, they're very conscientious aren't you? It's like, we're not going anywhere, Jill, you know. Guys are different. I mean, so what if they've got the third day growth beard thing going? You know, it's not as big of a deal. But it's the inner man. It's the inner part of us that Jesus Wants to live in us so we can live through us. So that we don't begin to get our priorities mixed up. And spend more time on the outward than we spend on the inward. In fact, Paul said something over in the, a verse. Wrote it down. First uh, Timothy 4, 8. In comparison... Different place in scripture, sort of a different angle. He says this, bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. In other words, to all who jog, great. All who go to the gym, or all who like to keep active, great. But that's still not good enough. Without the Lord, it will help you in this life, probably to live healthier, maybe to live longer. But all in all, eternity is a long time. And when we get to the end of this life, what what we really want have. But we really wanted to say, Lord, I did my best to serve you. I did my best to love my neighbor as myself. I did my best to forgive people that I needed to forgive. I did my best to send and support missions. I, all this stuff adds up. All the things that you and I think about, we, our mind ponders upon has to do what is in our heart. Now, Peter goes on a bit about back to 1 Peter 3 now. I don't know about you ladies, but I don't know if you wanted to, I don't know if you would have wanted to live back then, but maybe you would have. Things were kind of seemingly could be challenging at times. But Peter begins to bring up the women in former times of verse 5. Women who also hoped in God used to adorn themselves being submissive to their own husbands. And Sarah obeyed Abraham. You know, it wasn't always easy for Sarah to obey Abraham. Come on. Uh, Wives, come on. Not always easy to obey your husband. Maybe it is. But I got some stuff coming here that'll help us. I mean, God's has some word here that'll help us work things out, talk things out together. Did you know that Sarah laughed when she overheard the angel talking to Abraham about? Having a child, you know, it was a, she couldn't believe it. It was like, what? you got to be kidding me, at my age, you know, 90-ish, yeah. I think I would have cried, oh my word, are you serious? This little bugger, Isaac. Is that right? Isaac. But Abraham was so sure, he, he met the Lord. He goes, Sarah, Sarah, go make some dinner. Put on a feast. We've got to celebrate. And so they did. But deep down in her heart, is wondering is my husband went off the deep end? Is my husband crazy? Unbelievable. But Abraham heard from God. And sometimes I know it works this way. Many times, now God may nudge the husband or the wife. But I believe eventually, husband and wife. Ought to reason it together, and they ought to be in unity. and Especially when it comes to major decisions. That they will talk it out. I oh, hear them coming to this stuff. This is really going to get fun here. How do I have an argument without killing each other? Okay? Do you know that most, I would say, whew, my wife just stepped in the door. Um... Most husband and wife have argued. Come on, show your hands. (laughs) Maybe you had an argument this morning. Now when I say argument, I mean something that we disagree on. Or we may be misunderstood. I would dare to say possibly, perhaps, maybe, probably, A lot of our guys' problems, they didn't hear what their wife said. They only thought they heard. Yeah. And we sort of mm, mumbled maybe, "Mm, I thought we heard, but mm." I could go on and if I could only remember how many things I've said. that She goes, oh, that's not what I said at all. That's why I have these things in my ears now, you know. Do you think God ever laughs in heaven? He's got to be a, rolling on the, on the pavement. At times, he sees his kids. Look at those guys going at it. Just wait. He's going to come around. No, I'm just kind of kidding. Just, you got to lighten up. Life is too short to stay mad. Right? To stay mad. The Bible says, be mad. If you're going to get angry, get angry. But don't let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, deal with it now. Deal with it quickly. Now, look at this. I'll get to the stuff we're going to get to there's so many good verses here. So Sarah obeys Abraham, calling him Lord. Verse 6, you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. Oh, my. You husbands, you just talked about the wives. You go now flips it. You husbands, Here it is. You thought you were off the hook today, weren't you? Didn't you think? You likewise live with your wives in an understanding way. Well, we do the best we can. We try to hear. We try to understand. But there are days where you may think, oh, I'll never understand. Understand. Isn't that what the wife really wants from her husband? Is her husband to understand? Would you say, ah, kind of? Maybe he can't fix it, but guys want to fix it. So that's why they say dumb things. Right? So the wife is just sharing her heart. Why wife will be sharing her heart. We have a, as a Huh? Huh? The worst thing you can say is, I told you, if you, you no, know, don't do that. No, 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 no. Well, I said that would happen. Don't say that. Or you always. No, no, don't say that one. Don't say. It. Sometimes you need not to say anything except listen. And listen with ears to hear their heart, maybe a better thing is to say is, I'm sorry you've had a hard time or whatever. I'm sorry that things didn't work out. Oh, I'm sorry that you're feeling really it's hard. Is there anything I can do to help? That would blow your socks off. That'll blow the socks off the woman, right? Well, Thanks for listening, and they'll say, thanks for listening. You know, and all they really wanted is you listen, guys. You hear the problem. If we don't understand our wives and we don't treat them properly, guys, and he says, as with a weaker vessel, that's not putting down the woman. I don't that's no no way it's putting down the woman. It means that they're special, they're unique. different than the man. And grant her honor, grant her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. Guys, our prayers don't get off the floor if we have a problem. If we have something against our wife. That's what the scripture says. If we have something to work out with our wife, Prayers aren't going to get very far. Prayers are going to be hindered. So what he's saying is, we have to do our keep the home priority. We have to keep husbands and wives need to work at relationship. We need to work at being being not just married to each other, but actually being brother and sister. So this summer is our 35th coming up. We are supposed to clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we started out in a Plymouth Valari. Remember them old clunkers? It was pretty nice. It was a gift. It was given to us by our father-in-law, who had it kind of touched up, painted up a little bit. We went from a. I think I had a truck. Maybe I had the '77 F-150. Mint-colored, beautiful truck, but that went downhill. Then I think we went on to some kind of cars. We had a gremlin once. Unbelievable. Gremlins were unbelievable. I told you that the window fell out once in the wintertime going downtown in Minneapolis. Window fell out. It was very notorious of going circles, doing circles, because it has such a short wheelbase. Well, we started out with... The Plymouth Bellari. Here we head for the, we just got married. We're going for the Black Hills. The first stretch of the way, before we were going to take our evening motel thing, the tire goes flat. <laughs> the tire's flat. So, uh, being the man I was, uh, dug around, find the stuff, changed the tire, rolled into our place. I told you all that. This really just say, stuff happens every day in your house or in your home or in your relationships or in your family. Now, long story longer. Uh, we went to church the next day. We found a farmer. We just I don't know how we told him. I don't know how. I don't know how we asked them. Maybe they asked. Maybe. Maybe my wife asked. But I don't remember asking, but somehow the, this farmer knew I needed a tire. And he said, yeah, I think I could fix you up. It was Sunday. And so he did. He found a tire. Boom, we were off. On our way again. Our honeymoon. Memories. Good memories. Rolled back in the end of a couple, 10 days or 15 days. What, I don't even remember. It went by fast. Went to camp, Lake Geneva. Found some friends. We we ended up our our honeymoon spending it at camp. That's why we're campaholics. It's in our blood. It's who we are. And then I remember getting a call from my pastor at Aiken and said, Jerry, would you consider going? The Palisade, this is our home neighboring church from Aiken where I grew up, and I go, I'll pray about it, I'll pray about it. I was like, I really know I don't really want to, <laughs> but I prayed about it. He said, at the same time, you can, you can youth pastor at Aiken part-time and pastor at Palisade part-time. So we loaded up the truck and moved to rural Aiken County, Wealthwood, to be exact, to be more exact, my oldest brother's hunting cabin. Yeah, seriously, don't you remember that? You don't remember that? I've told you this before. No. We moved in with, I trapped many, many mice that year. But we were, I loved it. It was a creek. I knew that the area, we hunted deer on it. This is, I'm going from a, 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 what do you call a motel, not a motel, but an apartment, apartment in Minneapolis, closed I'm like a bird in a cage. As soon as we took and said, yes, I'm like a bird out of the cage. And we flew. Everything fit in the truck, and I think we may have had a we, everything fit. Imagine that. Then everything fit. All that we had. You guys remember some of them. days? Humble beginnings. They were the best. With all you really needed was the love of Jesus in your heart. And if you had a, someone, a friend, a companion to share life with, we started out and I would study in that old cabin. It actually was an old farmhouse. Upstairs in the bedroom, I would look out one little window, and I could just be, ah, peace. peace." And We we went to volunteer and fill in for nine years at Palisade. We filled in for nine years. Never had, never had, I never had, I never never looked back. It was the best, some of the best years of my life. Of course, these are the best years now. But they were some of the best. Some of the best memories that I have. But I say all that this to come down, to sum it all up. He sums up. He takes a moment to sum up. To sum it all up. Let it be harmonious. Let us be sympathetic, brotherly, kind hearted, humble in heart. If you would take the moment that just let that soak into your spirit, let's sum it all up. In other words, in all that we do, we are called to be. People that bring people together. People that bring peace. Peacemakers. We are called to bring a a breath of fresh air. We are called to bring an encouraging word into your home and situation. I did say something about arguing. Arguing is, I never liked arguing. I guess I I could, I, I guess you could say I'm one that doesn't like conflict, I'm not good at it. My parents, I never heard them fight. I Never heard them, I'm sure they had some moments, but they probably settled it in quiet quarters. I remember when I was in grade school when there was a, a young classmate that was being picked on because of his race. And I stood up for him, he still looks to me today as a friend. There were kids that picked on him terribly. Call them names because of his nationality, Japanese. His mom was Japanese, his dad was white. This is back when things were worse, racism and stuff. And all I remember is that there was one other buddy that came into the picture, and I can remember going through the class, through the hallways, and, we, and we, we would do the buddy walk. We would put our arms around our, each other's shoulders, and we would walk. Like we were together. And because we had each other's support, nothing could stop us, nothing can get us down. To me, that is a picture of the church. You and I all have need of someone to shoulder your anxiety, your anguish, your shortcomings, your failures, your fears. And it will never do us any good to insult with insult. Someone insults you, he says, don't return evil for evil. Don't insult back, but giving a blessing instead. Let me tell you something, that's really hard in the natural. That in the natural, you want to throw back. You want to hit back. Lord, Lord, comes to rescue us. When he looked down into this earth, and all he could see was problems, problems, problems. Skipping forward, we're not going to try to get through the whole chapter today. But he mentioned Noah. He mentioned his family. That they were the only ones that were able to be saved because they were the only ones that believed. They were the only ones that took God at his word. See, what is in the heart of the Lord today is not willing that any should perish. We're going to sing a song that has to do with reckless love. It has to do with God going past every obstacle, nothing was going to keep him from that which is, we know, is a cross. We know in Scripture He set His face a flint. In other words, toward Jerusalem, He determined before He came to this earth that He will die and He will give His life for you and I, because we cannot save ourselves. We cannot fix our problems. Therefore, we need. Savior sing it's come on let's sing this song and then we will conclude in prayer today I want us to pray in the end here for people that are struggling people in your family that are wayward people that are kind of dragging along or sort of in the back we're gonna pray and God will get a hold of them